Shout hallelujah. Shout I am the remnant of God. If you believe you are the remnant of the Lord, one more time, give God a great shout of praise. One, two, three, lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Amen, every man, amen. Every hand lifted in the building tonight. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Thank you, God. Father, we sense something very prophetically powerful in this room tonight. We are, we are on the brink of something so great as a people of God. We thank you, God, for choosing us, touching us. Hallelujah. Father, I pray over this pastor and Pastor Sandy. I pray over this house. Father, there is a definite shift of the Holy Ghost for this region that you've called them to. Father, I thank you that you're elevating, just like the name of this conference, you're elevating their voices. You're elevating them, Father. I thank you that the, the enemy's agendas have failed. You could not tire them out. They tried very desperately. I speak by the Spirit of the Lord. Pastor Larry, the enemies tried to wear you out, tire you out. But something shifted in you a few months ago. And he knows there is nothing he can do to stop the glory of God on your life. There is just a ramp. I see a ramp in the spirit and you it's not a wall I see. It's huge, but it's a ramp I see. And I see you at the very bottom of that ramp and you have an acceleration that is so great. That it is going to literally catapult you and he knows there's nothing he can do. He's tried to shout at you. He's tried to mess with your family and I want you to know. Pastor Sandy, as I was watching you, as I was worshiping, and as Pastor Larry was up here, I just seen you, and I seen, I seen, I seen God doing a work that you've been praying for for years. I'm seeing Him do it in the next year. You can take it to the bank. If you don't mind, give me some more strings in my monitor and just a little more of this. You can take it to the bank. God's going to work an unusual thing. I know in part, but I prophesy the spirit of the Lord upon that very thing that you've been believing God for. God says, I am going to turn it this year. I am going to turn it this year. You will begin to see the turning. It will look negative at first, but no, I am in it. I am in it. I am in it. Not negative as in as in something lost, but it is negative as in it will seem like something's going wrong for them, but it actually is turning in favor for you. There is a separation. I see a separation 
of people that are around this miracle that you're believing God for. I see people leaving that thing. That, that I'm trying to be sensitive here. That what you're believing for. Separation has already begun around that. Isolation is taking place right now. Because God is telling me to tell you, I have that exactly where I want it. I am not frustrated at it, says the Lord. I am not concerned about it. God says, I have isolated it so that I could speak to it on behalf of the prayers that you have prayed, Pastor Sandy and Pastor Larry. I have isolated it and I am bringing that miracle forth. This will be the best year yet for the Raglan family. If you believe it, would you give God a shout of praise in this place? I want you to give an interceding shout for your pastors because what they're believing for, only God can do. And that's what a miracle is. And I believe if God will do it for the head, He will do it for everybody in the room. So their miracle is attached to your miracle. Come on, lift up your hands right now and just begin to pray and thank God. Sometimes we pray and we speak, we prophesy, we, we prophesy in this, and then we go home and we have to go back to that prophetic word. Where are you, Pastor Sandy? Where are you? She's going to definitely have to record this. This is recorded, right? I'm going to wait. I'll just wait. Hmm. It's going to be a different night tonight, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to recap a little bit by the Spirit of the Lord. Pastor Sandy, what you've been believing God for for a while. I heard the Lord say as you were worshiping up here and I was back there, I heard the Lord say that I am isolating it. And I am separating people from what you're believing God for this. It will seem negative at first, but not in a harsh way, not in a physical harm. But what you're believing God for is going to come to pass. It will happen within one year, says the Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to be the best year. 
going to be the best year. It's going to happen. And here's what's going to happen to you. Your joy is going to go to the next level. Pastor Lenneklin, the joy of the Lord is going to hit you like you, and you're going to act like a kid again. You're going to feel the glory of God and you're going to cry and dance and run around and jump. And it's literally going to listen to me, Pastor Sandy. This church is going to be changed. I see the joy of the Lord coming on your life and the whole church is going to change. You're going to have such a joy. It's going to be contagious. You've not you've never experienced this before. I just see this in the spirit. The work of the ministry and the work of life are going to cease for a moment. And God says, you're going to find time. You're going to walk down to that water. You're going to walk down to that water and you're going to ponder on the goodness of the Lord. God says, I'm not just restoring it to you. I'm paying everything back. I'm paying everything back. According to my word, that the locust have stolen, the palmer worm has stolen. And I'm not just restoring to you what you've been praying for, but I'm restoring the years that you've lost because of it. There is a glory that's about to hit this house tonight. And I feel it's going to hit you first. I need everybody praying in the Holy Ghost in this room tonight. That hole in your heart is going to be healed tonight. That thing that's missing is going to be fulfilled tonight, says the Lord. You're going to walk away from this building as if it is already done. Your praise will be as if it is already done. Your worship will be as if it is already done. Because God says in your timing it may not be done. But in mine God says it is already done. I've already finished the work. And when it comes back to you it's coming back not one time greater. Not two, but seven times greater. I'm going to restore to you the years that has been taken from you. Do not think I will not allow the enemy or not cause the enemy to repay back what has been stolen from you. Get ready to have your best friend walk right back into your life. And I'm going to give to you back. I'm going to give you back your youth. I'm going to give you back that which you thought was already dead in one year. Get yourself ready. You don't even have to make it happen, says the Lord. Watch me work. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop. 
never stop working. Oh, yeah. My wife's going to lay hands on you. The glory of God's going to hit you. I need everybody praying in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the glory of the Lord raising up in this room. Come on. Oh, lift your hands and stretch them towards Pastor Sandy right now. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it. And when I don't feel it. You never stop working. I need somebody interceding in this house right now. Don't, don't spectate. Participate in this moment. This is a moment that God is sealing in destiny. It's a piano right here. Worship string right here. Oh, yes. You never stop working. Even when I don't see. Come on, church, sing it. Even when I. There's nothing like your voice singing to the Lord. Come on. Even when I don't see it. Lift your hands all across the building. You just turn those keyboard, just turn the strings up in this room. I want to fill this house with a worship. Let's bring it all up. Feel like God wants to do something incredible tonight. Would you just lift your hands and close your eyes and worship the Lord?
Sing it to him. Say it worthy. Worthy. Oh, your word. Worthy is your name, Lord. Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Come on, lift his name up, Seth. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Yes, 
worthy is Jesus. Come on, lift up the name. You deserve it. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Yes. Jesus. You deserve praise. Worthy is your name. Come on, lift it up in this place. You deserve the praise, Lord. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Lord. Yeah. Oh. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. One more time, lift it up, say. feel the presence of the Lord in this room tonight. Lift up your hands right now. I'm believing that there's healing happening all over this room right now. There's healing. Whatever you're needing in your physical, your material, your spiritual, your mental right now. Just lift up your hands and receive. It's the same thing as receiving salvation. Just receive the healing of the power of the Holy Spirit power of Jesus by his stripes we are healed past present future completely done who says the altar call has to happen at the end of service God's gonna mess up systematic theology this is the season he completely rearranges to see where you flow with the wind or where you flow with the system lift up your hands God is moving in this place I feel the glory of God moving from the left to the right here comes the glory of the Lord in this place. Come on, say His name. Jesus. Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is Your name. One more time, lift it up. Say a word. You deserve. If you believe his name is worthy, lift up your hands one more time and give God a worship out of your mouth. Open up your mouth, the fruit of your lips, giving him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen, amen. I want to talk a little tonight. Pastor Larry, thank you for making us feel so at home tonight. I want to I want to run and jump and shout. Maybe we'll do that in a minute. But I feel kind of heavy right now. I believe God wants to not just say something. I think the Lord wants to impart something. How many believe we're the generation written in Revelation? I can honestly say. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a generation. Face so many things that are written in the Bible. Simultaneously. Things on the cuff, on the verge. I can rant and I can I can preach. Y'all know that. But there's something on me tonight. And I feel a muzzle to talk about a whole lot of that. The Spirit of the Lord told me, you're no longer in a purging season. You're in a merging season. And a lot of people don't like when God prunes something. We misunderstand the pruning of life. Because the pruning, we think God's taking something away. He's not taking something away from you. He's, he's taking something off of you. That is going to cause hindrances for what is coming. See, a lot of people think that... that that the tree grows in the summer. The tree doesn't grow in the summer. The tree grows in the winter. The roots go deeper. In the winter seasons of our life, you can account for them. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll misinterpret the winter season and think that God has left us. But he's not, he's not, he's not giving you a, he didn't give us, we're not in a winter season by the way, he didn't give us a winter season to make you feel like you were left. He gave you a winter season in the last two years to show you how strong your roots are. This is not my scripture for the night, but it's coming to me. I said a few weeks ago, Psalms 1. Blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. For they shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Whose leaf shall not wither and whatever they doeth shall prosper. 
the beginning of it, people focus on the prosperity of it. But the beginning of Psalm 1 talks about the counsel. Who are you listening to? Counsel. What I have learned in the last couple of years, it's hard to be prophetic when you're filling yourself full of things that the world is telling you. You have to sometimes decrease to increase. Sometimes you have to unplug to plug in. And what I'm finding is, is people misunderstand, I, all of us, misunderstand the pruning season. The pruning season is not to cause pain. It's to cause positioning. God pruned us, took things away from us to position us. I am not going into this new season. I'm tired of saying next, by the way. It's not the next season anymore. We're in it. You're either in it or you're not in it. You're either in it or you're watching those in it. And it's not too late for you to get in it. You can get in it at any time. The kingdom of God does not happen through observation, but through participation. A lot of people want the kingdom of the Lord to move into their life, but they're not willing to get in. Into the rivers. Putting my roots into. God. Is it all right if I just talk a little tonight and then it may preach? I don't know, whatever this is, but. God in the Old Testament was among us. He said, build me a box. The problem is, is we keep them in a box. He said, build me a box and I will put my glory right in the center of the camp. It was never on the left or the right or the front of the back. It was right in the center. You, you camped around it. You woke up. You went out of your tent. You, the first thing you seen was not chores. The first thing you seen was not social media. The first thing you seen when you opened up the tent in the old tabernacle is you seen the curtain and you seen smoke rising because there was always a sacrifice and there was always a fire on the altar. Leviticus 16, 11, it says there will always be a fire on my altar. It shall never go out. That's the reason why Eli had to be replaced, because the Bible says the the lamps were beginning to burn off. And that was a place that God says, first of all, God's always going to have a fire in his house. He's always going to have a fire. And says, I know y'all want to go. I'm, I'll go with you. But Eli had to be replaced. And here's the thing about it. Samuel was already in position. See, some of y'all, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all thinking... I just, I don't know why I'm just, I'm just serving. I'm just, I'm in the house. I'm doing something. I, I don't know. No one in the Bible, no one in the Bible, when God chose them, they were not the everyone. Let's say it like this. Everyone in the Bible, when God chose them, they were already in a serving role. They were always serving. That's why it concerns me of today that we go to church to be headed on instead of be service. We have misinterpreted what church is.
Church is not a place where we can come and receive as much as it is a place that we come entering in, bringing a sacrifice of praise. You should never have, neither should I, have to have a cheerleader up here telling us we got to do something. Just like Pastor Larry said, turn the music off. He said, we're going to worship and praise the Lord. When you read in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Levites every morning with the harps and the trumpets and the flutes and the. No, you got up and the first thing you seen was smoke rising because somebody was sacrificing and God's fire does not fall on empty altars. There has to be a sacrifice for the fire and the holiness of God to, to continue. When you see the glory of God in the Old Testament, you've seen it behind the Holy of Holies. And then in John 1, you see God was not just, uh, God was not just among us, but now He's got flesh. And the Bible says in John 1, 14, and he became, the Word became flesh and dwelt with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Us, and he will be called Emmanuel. In man dwells. Emmanuel. In man dwells. He says, I'm not just going to be, I'm not just going to be among you, but I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to show you not just behind a curtain, what you've been looking at behind a curtain. I'm going to show you what it looks like when you walk with it. I am the mercy seat. That's what Jesus was. I am the perfect sacrifice. I am everything that that tabernacle represented. I am the badger skin dyed red. I am the way which is the door in the, in the front. I am the truth which is the curtain with five pillars representing truth that was into the inner courts. And I am the life which is the holy of holies. That's where the, the life of God was. I am the way, the truth, and the life no man can come to the Father but through me, which Judah was outside of the gate, which was called the way. So if you enter into his gates, you have to bring a thanksgiving. You have to bring praise. You have to do. Why? Because let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. I often misunderstood that until I read somebody talking about the whole purpose of his name, Yahweh. Yahweh. How many seen that? Yahweh, you lose the vowels and it's the actual sound of your breath. When you, everybody that breathes, every time you breathe, you're saying Yahweh. That's why he says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Whether you're an atheist, you're still saying his name. Because you have breath. That's why there's hope for everybody in humanity. I'm telling you, the glory of God is coming on his people like it has never came on his people before. He was among us and then he walked with us. And he said these things. He said, it is expedient that I leave. Because if I don't leave, I can't give you what I have. And everybody thinks, well, does that mean we're going to heaven? You know, is that is this the new kingdom? Is a new restoration? Is are you coming to sit? No, he says, No, I'm giving you something that I've had. When Jesus walked up to Martha, Martha said these words. She says, If you would have been here four days ago, my brother Lazarus wouldn't be dead. And he said these words back to her. 
Did I not tell you that you would see the glory of the Lord? That tells me that Jesus, He ties His works and His attributes to the glory of God. That means the glory of God is bigger than a cloud that fills the temple. The glory of God through humanity, God's divinity, God in man, man, son of man, son of God, was able to house the glory of God. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, let this earthen vessel, Paul talking about our temporal bodies, these tents, house the glory of God. Now we understand why Jesus, when he was given the parables, he said, the man who found some gold in the field, he went back and sold everything. He gave everything he had because there was some gold in the field. What amazes me about God is He didn't just buy the gold. He bought all the dirt with the gold. That means every dirty thing that you've ever done, He says you're worth dying for. You're worth paying the price for. And God didn't buy you with gold and silver. God bought you with His blood. That means He bought you with everything and He deserves a redemption praise because of what He's done. God didn't just restore the kingdom. He restored His glory back into humanity. Glory. The glory. I'm not going. Let me finish that sentence now. I'm not going into this new season by myself. You're not going into this new season by yourself. Moses was on the mountain. People were afraid of the glory. And he says, let your glory, show me your glory. He says, you can't see my face. Because the face is how God translated glory. Hana. So I can't show you my face, but I'll show you my goodness. All my life you have been faithful. I just feel like flowing in the Holy Ghost tonight. All my life you have been so, so good. Mm. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. He says, show me your glory. He says, I can't show you my face, but I'll show you my hinder parts. Can you imagine being hidden in a cleft of the rock? And the next thing you see is the hand of God. And then the next thing you see is the hand removed and you just watching God's glory walk. Jesus. I got news for you. We ain't going to have to imagine it. We are eventually going to see it. When you get touched with something, when the glory of God touches your life, when you're in a moment and you can't explain it like this moment or moments that you've had, where you might not understand how to trace him, but you trust him. 
when the glory of the Lord shows up in your life in a prayer meeting, because that's typically where it shows up. When the Holy Spirit begins to direct the service and you know nobody's on stage, but you know everybody's in sync. And when the glory of God falls. From that moment forward, you may not live in that. For the rest of your life, but you will never forget that moment. And when God tags you with his glory. Remember when you were playing tag when you were a kid. What would be the next words they would say when they tagged you? God, God, God did this to Moses. God did this to Moses. He put his hand. Tagged him and walked away. And what Moses from that moment forward, the Bible says he came off the mountain and his face was glowing. Let me tell you the two words of the message. If I was going to preach a message tonight, let me tell you what it said. Let me just say what God told me to tell you to tell this house. There is a glory authority. A glory authority that is coming upon you and the body of Christ. What did Moses say? On the mountain when he was talking to the Lord. Can I just talk to y'all just for a minute? He says these words. He said, I'm not going unless your presence, which is God's glory. God's glory is the manifested presence. He said, I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. And God says, I will go with you and I will give you rest. Pastor Sandy, he's giving you rest. You're going to sleep better than you ever slept before. Somebody on medication for sleep right now? You on medication for sleep? Lift your hands. God's going to deliver you from it. Is that you? Who else? Lift your hands. Lift both your hands if you don't mind. I know there's, there's a lot of medications, Ambien and all that. Some other things. But God's going to deliver you. God's going to deliver you. Lift your hands. Everybody pray for this right now. Father, I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you promise your beloved sweet sleep. Everybody in here that has their hand raised that are having night terrors, cannot sleep, does not wake up fully rested. I declare the, the presence of the Lord will set them in their bed tonight. The Spirit of the Lord will move upon them like a blanket and they will wake up refreshed and they will sleep like a baby in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. He says these words, I will not go with you and I will not go unless you go. And these are the words that Moses said. He said, because your presence is what separates us from the rest of the world. That wrecks me. It's not preaching. It's not gifts. It's not speaking in tongues. When you walk in a room and everybody's there, the room should shift because you carry something so magnanimously miraculous.
that everybody feels like, what is it that you have? I feel different when I'm around you. And they can't feel different around us if we're gossiping and we're bickering and we're fighting. They feel different when the peace touches their life because we are at peace because we're carrying the presence. presence of the Lord is the one thing is this alright? that is going to separate you in this new season if I would ask if I would tell you anything tonight what is your next thing in life? God I have to have your presence hard to find his presence in busyness Put your hands and say, God, give me your presence. Just keep your hands lifted. I got a bad ring up here, a big roar. I don't know if y'all hear it back there, but it's something. Thank you. Everybody say presence. God's going to touch you with his presence tonight. Believe me, of, of all churches, I would want to come and raise R-A-Z-E hell. It would be this church. But the whole day, God told me this. I'm going to put the presence on them. I'm going to wreck them with my presence. And he took me to Joshua 3, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flow with this. What Moses took 40 years to do. Something had to die. Because Moses was wondering while Joshua was waiting. There are people that are in your circle that God has to shave off for you to move forward. It's not a bad thing. It just is part of what happens. That's the pruning because pruning is positioning. Pruning is positioning. Pruning is positioning. There are times in my life that look ugly. But that's just because God's pruning. I look fruitless, but God is pruning. He's just making me go deeper. Deep calls unto deep. He took me to Joshua. And he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, which I am giving to this land. What Moses couldn't do in 40 years, Joshua did in three days. Why is that? New leadership. You know what's happening in the body of Christ? New leadership. Could be the same faces, but a new regime. A new handful of troublemakers that will get in the face of the enemy and say, you are powerless and I'm not threatened by you. I'm not going this time into Canaan to look at giants. I'm going into Canaan to look at the geography. I'm going to find out which house is mine, which field is mine. 
because the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. I speak to you tonight a divine takeover. I speak to you tonight there are some stuff that has been held back that will be held back no longer. Whatever you've been waiting for, God has taken the paws off. There's a pouring out. God's touching you. God's moving you. And I'm just going to declare this for anybody that wants it in the room. In three days, you are about to see something great happen in your life. You're going to cross over. You're going to cross over. And you're going to see God move. He's going to move in your family. He's going to move in your relationships. He's going to move in your ministry. You're going to preach different. You're going to sing different. You're going to have an anointing that's different. Something is going to get on you that only God can produce. Shout, touch me, Lord. Joshua walks out and he says, prepare the camp. I think y'all can, y'all be all right if I just throw some scriptures out. You can read them later. He says in, in Joshua 1, God says, I'm going to give you everywhere your foot treads on. Some of y'all going to need to go get some new pair of shoes. Say, these are my treading shoes. I'm telling you, you need to get some new balances. You need to get you some Nike overcomers. You need to get you some whatever you want to get, but you need to get you some new shoes. And you need to go and say, these are my shoes that I am treading on some stuff that the enemy thought was his. I'm telling you, he says, wherever the foot treads, I am going to give it to you. Everybody shout, step on it. You're going to have to step on some things in this new season. You are going to have to stop worrying about your enemy. You're going to have to stop Hearing and listening the counsel of his roaring coming out like a roaring lion. I mean, first of all, let me say something about the devil. He has no ability to create. He can't create anything. The only thing that he was permitted to create was a sound. His name was Lucifer. He was an angel of music. So that's the reason why the music industry is so attacked on such a level. And you got to be careful of what you pipe into your ears. I'm even including the, the worship that we have heard in the last season. Because we're listening to worship that is just worship. And we're worshiping worship. We're not using worship to worship God. We're just worshiping, worshiping our favorite soul. And we learned, we learned the acrobats of music we, we we learn to listen to people of what they sing and we don't care how they live and they show you how they live but it doesn't matter as long as the song is good and the enemy knows how to create a sound he knows how to say something he knows how to speak to you it's the very thing he did to eve he spoke to her he knew that he could create a sound in her and convince her that's the reason why he's after your sound and that was the reason why in, in Acts 2 and 1, God restored a sound. Sound. You're nothing but sound. They took the smallest particle of matter in the, uh, that thing. CERN, Switzerland. They smashed together an electron just to see what was in the smallest particle of matter. And they said they saw two Z's and all they could think of 
was there's really nothing but it, it looks like vibration. And they found out that the one thing that is holding matter together is a sound. You cannot speak without a vibration. When God breathed Ruach, the breath of God into us, we became a living soul. Everything, the whole world is held together by His Word. God wants His sound back. The Bible says that is this okay? The Bible says that Joshua said in three days we're going to cross over. Get yourself ready. You know what you need to be doing tonight, tomorrow, and tomorrow night? Getting yourself ready. Getting yourself ready. What is tonight? Thursday? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It just hit me on my feet. Three days from now is Sunday. You haven't church this Sunday, Pastor? It's amazing what God does in three days. Joshua is Yeshua, shadow and substance, Jesus. He represents Jesus in the Old Testament. He not only, br Moses brings you out. But you're going to have to have faith to go in. A lot of people want out of Egypt, but they don't want faith to get in. You got to have faith to get in. You can follow somebody out that's got the blood. You can have silver and gold. All that's wonderful. But if you want to see yourself walking in some stuff, when you take territory, you're going to, you're going to line the devils up. They're going to come out of nowhere. And if you want to know if it's God or the devil... God sends warnings. The devil sends warring. When warring happens, it just means territory is about to be taken from you that it belongs to. belongs to God, but God's going to give you access to occupy it. Can I keep moving? God tells him in Joshua. It's in the first three chapters of Joshua. He says these words. It's the same thing that Moses did. He said, if you're going to go, you're going to have to find the Levites. And you're going to have to put the ark on the shoulders of the Levites. And you're going to have to go to the banks of the Jordan, which is overflowing because it's a time of harvest. Jordan means death. In other words, it could be the worst possible time. The waters are overtaking. It's the worst time for you to cross. And isn't that like God? That he will wait until the crowd stand out and said, I'm ready to roll now. Come on, Gideon. I know you wanted 10,000, but you got 300. Watch what I'll do. And he says, uh, I want you to put the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the glory, the presence of the Lord. I want you to put it upon the shoulders of the priests. And I want them to go before. And I need you to understand something about the glory of the Lord that we haven't understood in American culture. When God's glory comes, you don't dismiss yourself to go get a drink. When God's glory comes, you don't sit down and have a sip on Starbucks. 
When God's glory comes, it's not a time to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. When God's glory comes, it's not a time to have conversations with people in the house. God is a jealous God. And when we come to God, we come to him not in pairs because Nadab and Abihu did that and he killed them. He said, first of all, don't come to me in pairs. Come to me as one. I'm a jealous God. I only want one of you at a time. God wants your fullness. He wants everything about you. What does it take to get everything of God? Everything you have. Whatever you don't give to God, he cannot be the God of. That's why a lot of our money is not blessed. He said, when the glory of God comes, look at it. It's in the Bible. You know this. He says, I don't want you to go near the Levites because they're carrying the glory of the Lord. And this is why he said, because you've not gone this way before. Get ready for the glory of God to take you to places you've never experienced You've never gone before. Your family's never seen it. God says, I'm going to take you to places your eyes have not seen. Your ears have not heard all the good things. And I know he's talking about heaven, but I believe there's a lot of stuff here on earth that if we will go all out in faith and we'll say you know what i'm tired of living in the wilderness i'm tired i can be in a wilderness place i appreciate the manna i appreciate but god there is a new season and i'm telling you on the body of christ this is what i'm telling you we are already crossing over to the other side i don't want to be on the other side of the water saying why didn't you come when the water's dried up because the bible says that when the priest got up there, I need four men, four men, four strong men. Make a square if you could, please. One right here, one right here. Looking that way. Look that way. You look off. Look all four that way right there. Look that way right there. Thank you. I want you to put your hand on him. 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 Inside was the glory of the Lord. If I had something, I don't know if I have a chair or something. Give me a chair. Grab me a chair if you could, please. I'm doing this incognito. Just a chair. Any chair. Don't matter. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody say, God bless you, sir. This is a representation of the ark of God. That up there is a mercy seat. He said in this new season, Joshua says, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, arise, put your foot on everything I'm going to give you. Tread on it. I want you to step on it. And I want all of the Levites, the priests, to carry the ark of God, which is the glory of God. Don't go near it, for you haven't been that way before. In other words, I don't know how to go, but the presence, watch this, the presence of God is going to show me the direction I'm supposed to go. 
Some of you are lining up for prophetic words, for direction. When you can go home, open up that Bible, the prophetic word jump out at you, and he give you the answer for what you need tomorrow when you stand in front of somebody and the presence of God has already gone before you. I want to even say it like this. God is talking to people already on your behalf. He's already gone in tomorrow. He's talking to them tonight. And when you show up in the next three days, I'm telling you, if anybody wants this, you better grab it. You better lift up your hand and grab it. That in the next three days, your whole life could be wrecked. Shall do it, Lord. Now, guys, I want you to take three. I want you to take six paces forward. I'm supposed to keep a healthy distance. If they stop, I stop. Listen to me. I don't do this. What's the pastor doing? That's not the song I wanted. Let me, let me help him. What's going on here, guys? I'm ready to move. But the glory's not moving. If the presence parks here, we park. If the presence moves, take three steps, guys. We move. Move backwards, guys. If they move backwards, we move backwards. If they move to the right, we move to the right. If they move to the left, we move to the left. Why? Because my authority is not in me. It's in the presence of God. And when the presence of God is visible, it makes me move in a way that God is moving. He says, you've not seen this before. And I'm ready to see stuff I haven't seen before. I'm tired of saying, oh, I hope we see blinded eyes open and deaf ears open. I hope it. No, we are going to see blind eyes open in America. We're going to see deaf ears open in America. We're going to see dead people get up in America. America needs the glory of God. America doesn't need another service, doesn't need another conference. I don't mean to say that rudely, but we need the glory of God to touch his people. If my people called by my name will humble themselves, seek my faith, pray, turn from their wicked ways. God ain't dealing with the world right now. He's dealing with his church. Y'all all right, guys? The Bible says that when they got to the edge, take one more step. The Bible says that the waters that were overflowing stood at a heap all the way from Adam. Now this is what that means in the translation for us. That they stepped in the water, but the water there did not move. It was a mile and a half that it began to open up. You couldn't see God moving. You just had to trust Him that His Word says if you'll go. God was moving the waters a mile and a half up the stream because of your faith and obedience. When you step out in faith and you've got the glory of God on your shoulders, the presence of God 
is not supposed to be in a building. The presence of God is called to be on the shoulders of every single believer in Christ. You are Christ's anointing bottle. Christ in me. God was with us. Then he, God was among us. Then He was with us. And he's, then, then the Holy Spirit fell and He says, Now I'm in us. I'm in you. He was with us. He was among us. He was with us. Now He's in us. What are we doing? What are we doing, Pastor Larry? I'm not directing towards you, but you know what I'm saying. We, 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 we come, we sing the songs of Zion, and then on Monday we're frustrated and confused as if we don't have the answers. We look at the news, and believe me, and a lot of it is very negative. There's a lot of stuff, and God showed me in Joel 2. Can I tell you something really quickly? Y'all take that chair off. I've just got to be killing you. God showed me in Joel 2. He said, this is my manifesto. I said, what do you mean? He says, every verse, every verse is attached to a year. I said, what do you mean? He says, look at it. Because I'm about to do something great in the church. Joel 2, 2020. 20, and I will drive back the army. He was talking about an army of locusts that was a plague that killed 800,000 people. 2020 was a year of... Then 2021, he says, fear not. How many people dealt with fear in 21 because of what they lost in 2020? He says, fear not, for I, this is the Lord's doing. I'm done, I've done marvelous things. It's hard to see God doing a marvelous thing when it looks horrible. But pruning is positioning. 2022, he says it again. Fear not, because I'm opening up the pastures. Why does he say that? Because in 2020, Something gripped us so hard that created fear. 2021, he had to say, fear not. Now, this, this is something the Lord spoke to me. If this isn't for you, I, I understand. But the Lord's showing me some things in Joel 22, uh, two, Joel 2, chapter 2. He said, this is my manifesto. This, this is how it's happening. I said, keep talking to me, Lord. 2021, fear not. I've done a marvelous thing. 2022, fear not. I'm opening up the pastures. What happened in 2022? Businesses started opening up. He said, I'm going to cause my fig and my vine to produce. The vine, as we know, is Jesus Christ. And a fig, if it has grown wild, has to be cut low in order for it to produce because fig trees were not meant to climb on. Fig trees were meant to help the person that walked by be able to reach and grab it. It should be in a place in life that when somebody reaches to get fruit off of you, they don't have to figure out how to get it. It's just there. They walk by you and say, thank you, I needed that. That's the presence of God. When people walk by you, they should be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. But we want God to do something in our life. And what we're trying to do is decide whether we're going to be tasty or testy. When God wants to show you his glory, he will give you a taste test. But when he wants to use you for his glory... He will test you. It's all about capacity. How much capacity do you want? The callings are irrevocable, but you determine your capacity. Can I say that again? The calling is irrevocable, but you are the one that determines your capacity. If you want a thimble, he'll give it to you. If you want a spoon, he'll give it to you. If you want a cup, he'll give it to you. He may run it over if you're really excited. But if you have a barrel, 
He'll say, give me what's left in the barrel and watch what I will do. It will never run dry. Testing. God tested us in 2020. A lot of us didn't do well. 21, 22. And this is what I love about 23. Do, do they have it? Can they put it on the screen back there? Is it possible? If not, I'll read it. Joel 2.23. I may throw some water tonight. I don't know. I feel good now. Yes. Song, Joel 2.23. He doesn't say fear not. Don't read it yet. Don't read it. No, look at me. He doesn't say fear not. I don't know about you, but something broke. I, oh, I'm sorry. 2023 has already happened in the, in the Hebrew calendar. It happened last week. I want to preach a little bit right now. So it says 2023 is 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. It happened last week. We just had Yom Kippur on Tuesday. I hope you're living right. And it opened up a new year. The Gregorian calendar starts in January. But this year, he says, be glad. He says, I don't know about you, but something lifted off of me. I'm not afraid anymore. I haven't been afraid in a long time, but I'm seeing people not afraid that used to be afraid. He says, be glad. This is what he's saying. Put your joy back on. Get your joy out. Begin to rejoice because the glory of God is about to show up. It's going to blow your mind. you got to be open into it. you got to understand that the glory may be something completely different than you expect that you've ever experienced. But I'm for it. I'm in. I'm all in. If it's in a prayer meeting, I'm going to be in it. If it's in a rehearsal, I'm going to be in it. If it's in the nursery, I'm going to be in the nursery. Wherever God's glory is moving, I want to be in it. Because if they're moving to the right, I'm moving to the right. If the glory is moving forward, I'm moving forward. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What's God saying? This is no longer a year to fear. You got to change your position. You got to, I think I may have said this last time, but the garment of praise is not something somebody puts on you. He says, put on the garment of praise. In other words, you got to grab it, put it on. You're walking around with the wrong garments. He says, this year, I want you to be glad. Everybody say, be glad. Why are we going to be glad? Because the glory of God. Your joy, the joy of the Lord is your... God's going to strengthen what remains. He's going to strengthen in this house what remains. Why? Because you're going to conquer. You're going across... In three days, you're going to begin to conquer in a way you've never conquered before. You better get up and rally behind this pastor, his pastor Sandy, Pastor Larry. You better rally behind them. You better get whatever that God is telling them. Go with them because there is a conquering anointing. How do I know that? Because he's being clear. You can't call something out if you're confused about it. One thing I love about Pastor Larry is I see him calling things out and bringing clarity to the kingdom.
You can't conquer what you can't confront. You can't confront what you cannot see. You, you've got to see it first. You have to have clarity. A lot of people trying to get into the presence of the Lord, but they don't know how to get to the presence of the Lord because they have nobody showing them or perceiving. I, I remember walking out. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. But I remember walking out of a church service one time and there was this big shadow that hit all over the, the concrete. And it startled me. It brought me back until I realized what it was, Pastor Larry. I looked up at the top of the building was a big square halogen light and a little bitty moth that had gotten close to the light. And the closer the, the moth got to the light, the bigger the shadow was. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the reason why death seems so big and shadowy around you and something frightening you is because your enemy is getting closer to me. And I'm going to deal with him this time. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, O evil, for you art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Don't forget that God uses the rod to beat your enemy away, but he also uses a staff to pull you out of some stuff you don't need to be in. He says those two things are comforting you because where you're going, you've got to stay away from some things. Why? Because the presence of God, it can also be tainted if you carry the presence of the Lord and you're walking with people that carry a different presence, it can mix that presence with your presence and be very confusing and not clear to those people you're trying to lead. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a generation, whether you like to believe it or not, somebody's looking at you that you're leading. And if you're not clear in how you're presenting your presence. I'm going to get to that. Hold it up. Put it back up there for a minute. And it's Joel 2.23. That's the one everybody uses though, right? It says, in the former and the latter rain are going to come down the first month. You know what that means? This is the year, if I'm hearing this correctly from the Lord, this is the year of outpouring. The former drives the seed in the ground. The latter brings the harvest. He said, I'm going to do it all in the same time. God's decree. It will happen so fast it'll make your head spin. One thing on the heels of another. The reaper will overtake the sower. Could God be so good to us in this time that actual transfer of the wicked? Would be given to the righteous. Could God be so good to his people. Financially that have stuck it out. That he could restore to you seven times greater. What you lost. But are you getting excited because money. Or what you going to do with that money. Seven times greater. God is going to bless his people. How do I know this? Because this scripture is declaring what's going to happen. And the Lord told me, he said, the next seven years of ministry are going to be beautiful for people who stayed around. Because here's why. You're not going to have to conjure up the glory. God's, God's going to visibly, he's going to visibly walk and just, that's my man. Come here, come here. That's my woman. And when people walk in where they... They said, well, that was just Sally yesterday. No, it's Holy Ghost Sally today. Yeah. 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 You didn't do anything. 
All you did was walk up like David and say, what's going on, fellas? That's the one. Anoint him. Me? Yeah. I seen you on the backside of the desert and you were playing harps and you were worshiping and you were guarding the sheep and you were taking care of them. And you were singing to me, blowing me kisses. You were doing so much when nobody else was around. I'm going to show them what you are made of. I'm going to publicly put a touch on you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now because some of you are saying, when's it going to be my time, my turn? And let me tell you what God's about to do. Some of you have stuck it out. You have been faithful. You said, God, I don't know how to trust you, but I, I don't know how to trace you, but I trust you. I can't figure you out, but I'm going to follow you no matter what happens. I know it seems like the crowd died down, but I'm still trusting you. I know it seems like I'm doing weary. I'm feeling weary while doing good. But the Bible also promises when you have a weary season, it's attached to a due season. I'm telling you what God is doing over the next seven years. You mark it, get ready for it, put it on the calendar, because the next seven years are going to follow Joel 2. Joel 2.23, Joel 2.24, Joel 2.25, Joel 2.26, Joel 2.27. Don't you look at this world. Don't you look at this world to determine what God's going to do. Don't look at all the microchips and all that stuff that's about to happen and about to be revealed and the plan and the agenda of the Antichrist and the Illuminati and all this stuff that Satan is trying to get as a one world government to come together. Wonderful. Great. You know what that just means? We're that much closer to seeing the clouds open up. Jesus come back and take his people. Until then, God's still going to have a glorious church. He's still going to have a powerful church. He's going to have an impactful church that, that when morality is going down, revival is going up. God is going to do some great things. Don't you get discouraged, pastors and preachers in this room tonight, when you go back and they're looking at you and they don't understand where you are because they haven't been where you've been. But if you keep preaching that uncompromised truth that the glory of God's going to get on you, He's going back. God's going to send some backup to some of you. You're going to not be the only one in the sermon. You're not going to be the only one in the pulpit on Sunday. When you go to preaching, you're going to feel the strength of 10 men behind you. You're going to feel Hebrews 12, but there's a cloud of witnesses that there's angels around you. And as you preach, you're going to preach with power and boldness and authority because God's glory is going to back you up. Everybody shout glory authority. Shout again, glory authority. I don't want to go without the glory. I'm going to leave you with this, and I don't know what we're going to do after this. Something God showed me. We have been in an attack over identity. Everything. Our children are being attacked. I don't have to tell you all that. Your pastor does a wonderful way through YouTube, and if you ain't following him, you need to be sharing what God is doing or what the enemy is doing. I want to say it like this. God showed me in, in, in June of this year, he said, I walked out getting ready to preach and I seen a time clock. I seen a, a time clock. Like you see at Cape Canaveral when the shuttles are going up. You see that thing counting down. And all of them were zeros except for the last one. And I said, God, are you showing me the alarm clock or a time clock? He said, that's the time clock. And he said, there's not much time left. It's in the seconds 
And he took me to Isaiah 114 and he said, unless the Lord of hosts had left a very small remnant, the city would have been turned into Sodom and Gomorrah. And how many know that's 41.6 of the millennial generation in America believe that LGBTQ lifestyle is okay. 41.6. In 1985, it was only 10%. The enemy knows what he's doing. It's going to take a remnant. God said, I have been attacked, the enemy has been rather attacking the identity. If he can confuse who you are, if he can confuse what you believe, he can take away your identity. Or actually, if he can take away your identity, he can take away something else. So what is it that he can take away? He says, well, look at the temptations of Jesus Christ. So I went to the temptations of Jesus Christ. And the first one, there it was. Satan comes to Jesus and says these words. If you are the son of God. What is he saying? If that's your identity. As if Jesus didn't know. And Jesus says three words. It is written. If Jesus fights him with the word, why are we fighting him with our emotions? He comes to him a second time. And he says these words again. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from this mountain. What's he saying? Is that really your identity? And God said, that is what has been happening for the last 20 years. The enemy has been after the identity. The most suicidal people on the face of this planet are people who are transgenders. It's not because of bullying. That's bull. They're confused. We're raising up a generation of people that didn't get preached to right. Now they're speaking back to us because we put them in a corner while we shouted hallelujah Jesus and faith for miracles and money. Instead, and we, we learned how to have church growth instead of discipleship. So we got to go back to the primitive and do discipleship. Sunday schools. Discipleship. Walking one-on-one. Realize that God is a, a God of love, but he also is a God of truth. But the third time, he does not. He does not say if you're the son of God. He just comes straight out and says, bow. Bow down and worship me. And I will give you all of this. What's he dealing with now? He's not dealing with identity. He's dealing with authority. The next battle for us over the next eight years, how much are you willing to bow? How many things will you bow to? How much authority will you give up as a church? Because culture says it looks good to do it. And it's going to sound like it, it should be done. Love your neighbor. Take a shot. Whether you had one or not, 
I'm urging you not to take the next one. Your next vaccine needs to be communion. Every Saturday night, we're lining up and having communion. And we say that, don't we, baby? This is our new vaccine. I'm not losing any more friends or family members or preachers because of this stuff that we're being deceived. Revelations 18.23, and the whole world was deceived by pharmacia, not sorcery, pharmacia, pharmacy, pharmaceutical. The merchants of Babylon. Babylon. Babylon is a system, a worldly system. The merchants are the people getting rich off of your sickness. That they created the sickness for you to get sick so they could sell you the drug to get you healed so that you could get sick again and rely back on the next one. After monkeypox, what's it going to be? It's getting ridiculous that the church is buying hook, line, and sinker all this junk. There's a light in Goshen and this shining bright. The third one. I'm almost done. I know it was different. I know it is what it is. Just bow down and work. Now, this is what I like about Jesus. Because Jesus didn't say it is written. He got an attitude. As you've already questioned my identity. I told you through the word what I'm not going to do. This is what he says. Away from me. Satan, for it is written. In other words, God says, Jesus said, I'm going to give you some attitude with the, with the anointing. I'm not just going to tell you whether it's written, but I'm going to tell you what I feel. This is where I believe we have the ability to implement some of our suggestive commenting to the enemy as he is trying to take away the authority of the church. We cannot sit back and just say, well, the Bible says... No, you have an ability and a responsibility to the generation behind you to speak on behalf so they are not raised up again in another level of undisciplinary action. Whom God loves, he corrects. He has corrected the hearts of preachers and pastors all across this land. And there are still pastors resigning and failing and falling because they refuse to hold on or refuse to go into the new season by repenting and turning back to God. They'd rather do church growth 101 have fun. Well, I'm not against all the stuff we do out in the foyer, but if that's what draws them, we've got the wrong stuff drawing them. The anointing and the presence and the favor of God, the glory of God. We've got to get to the place, like you said, where, and I, I love music, but we've got to get to the place that the prayer meeting is bigger than the church Sunday some morning service because we're hungry. Two things attract God more than anything. Well, there's, there's a lot of, there's faith and obedience and praise, but there's one huge thing and that's hunger. Everything is hinged on hunger. When you have a hunger, all those things begin to light up. You'll empty your bank account out because you have a hunger. I've done it. We've done it. God, we want to see you. The reason why we don't see God as much is because we don't have to rely on him. We're happy. And he told the Revelations church, the third one, he told the church, the pastor of that church, he said these words. He says, because you're lukewarm, because you think you're good, you have all this money, you have it all together, but I... I'm telling you, I'm urging you, buy from me gold refined in the fire. The third, he says, bow down. I have a hotel card that you, that you 
you got us a room tonight. We'll take an offering up here shortly. Take care of that. This is a hotel key. And that's, that's, I think it's Holiday Inn, right? Holiday Inn Express, IHG. It's part of that company. This tells me that I'm not supposed to go to Hilton tonight. This tells me that this is not Hampton. This is not, this is not uh, anything but Holiday Inn. I know because that's what the identity says. Everybody that has a room at the Holiday Inn Express has one of these. They all look the same. Jeez, I want to preach here in a minute. I watched her today, did she not? As somebody was before me and she was ripping up a whole pack of these. She had probably 500 of these and they all looked identical because that's their identity. Here's the difference. It's not the identity that opens my door. Because if it was the identity that opened the door, everybody in the hotel would open my door. It's not what was on the outside of the key that opens my door. It's what they did and put on the inside of the key that gave me a room tonight. And now I am authorized. I have the authority to walk up to my hotel room and I don't have to knock on the door. I don't have to bang on the door. I don't have to call for somebody to get me in because a price was paid. I just got my key. It looks like everybody else's, but there's something different on the inside. I have an identity. I know where I am. I know where I belong, but there's something on the inside. And here's what the Lord told me, and I'm going to finish. I promise you, I'm done. If you're okay with this, shout amen. God said people are too excited about belonging and not enough about becoming. We are excited to belong to this church. We're excited to belong to worship of one of church. We're excited to belong to this denomination. We're excited and we're just happy belonging to the Baptist and to the Presbyterian and to the Methodist and to the Pentecost and Pentecostals. We're, we are so okay with just this is where I belong, but we have no authority. We are belonging. Don't tell me it's not true because my, my brother, he has a golf, he owns a golf course in Richmond, Kentucky. And he says, it's crazy. I see all these people on Sunday. They go to that church, and on Monday, they're getting so slap drunk, cussing, fighting, sleep. They put, they, he said, they come to my clubhouse, put all their keys in the middle, and go home with different wives. But they go to church on Sunday because they belong to the, the such and such church. One day, this key ain't going to work for them. What is that? That don't, that ain't, no, no. What's on the inside? It's what's on the inside that gives you the authority. So you can go to church and have an identity and have no authority. So you can't get wrapped up in this new season of just like I checked in and checked out. No, there has to be a God. Search me inside. 
I want to know where my anointing lies. Because the anointing is what breaks the yokes. Not your, not your attendance record. The anointing breaks the yokes. Here's the thing about an anointing. When the anointing touches you, you'll attend every service. You'll go every Saturday night for the prayer meeting. You'll go Monday. You should, is there a toilet I need to clean? What do I need to do? Why? Because when you get touched with the anointing, you just want nothing but to have that anointing. You're thankful for the presence of God on your life. Authority. Everybody shout, I have glory authority. He says, I'm not only going to be amongst you or with you. I'm going to be in you. You're going to carry that presence. When those priests were carrying it across that river, it was a representation of what you and I do when we walk through some stuff that is almost deathly in our life. And we go to the next place. Your next season, church, everybody under the sound of my voice, the Lord said to me to tell you, you're going to have glory, authority. Something different's going to be on you. You're going to walk. Lift your hands. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands. You're going to stand in this next season. You're going to walk in this next season with glory. You're going to walk in. Don't you get cocky with it. Stay humble. Stay humble. Don't say, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just the glory on it. No. You walk in and say, you know what? Let's just pray right now. Maybe there's a need in your life. Because everything connected to you and touching you needs the glory. And you have it. Everybody shout, I have the glory. Lift your hands. Say, God, give me the glory authority. You're about to walk into new doors. A new season in your life. This is Elevate Conference. Every devil that has irritated you, you are about to turn around and irritate it. You're going to elevate. You're, the God is going to put glory on you like you've never seen before. Just like Moses' face was shining. If you'll get into the word of the Lord, if you'll ask God to show himself and make himself real to you in this new season, you're going to walk into, if you're a teenager, you're going to walk into your schools. And people are going to say, I don't know why, but the Lord told me to come talk to you. I need prayer. You're going to see people attracted to you, not because of you, but because of the glory on you. And you're going to have to say, God, Give me your presence so that I can show them your glory. I can show them your way. You know what's going to heal racism? Glory. You know what's going to heal America? Glory. What's going to heal families? Glory. When a husband who's been cheating on his wife, when the glory of God gets on, one of my greatest stories is when Smith Wigglesworth was so irritated at his wife Polly. He said, if you go to that church one more time, don't plan on coming into this house. The door will be locked. She went to that church. She said, I've got to obey the Lord. And he wasn't serving the Lord. If you know Smith Wigglesworth, he's one of the greatest men who ever lived. Faith men. And she came back. The doors were locked. He got up the next morning to get the newspaper. He opened the door and she was sleeping on the front porch. She got up. She went inside. She made breakfast for her husband, loved on him, set it beside him and went on her way. And God began to deal with Smith Wigglesworth. He went to church that night. He gave his heart to Christ. And from then on, the story has been told. He's raised many people from the dead. He's filled arenas out. Why? Because one woman who was his wife decided not to get offended at what they thought, even if it was a husband who was mean and ornery. She said, I'm just going to do what God... Let me tell you something. This new season is not going to be hard love. It's going to be love hard. 
the glory of God is going to get on you and you're going to love everything that moves around you. You're going to love the worst of the worst. And I'm not just talking about to make you feel good. You're going to go out of your way to love people that seemingly have been unlovable in your life that you have had a difficult time with. God's going to shake you on the inside and say, no longer are you going to despise them when they walk in, but you're going to love on them. You're going to buy them coffee. You're going to take them to lunch. You're going to pray for them. You're going to pray for those enemies that spitefully use you. Why? Because God needs His glory. Nothing excites the Lord more than seeing people. The hardest catches come to the Lord. How will they know? They're never going to know. How will they know? They're going to know. They're never going to know. Lift your hands, close your eyes. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Come on, lift it up. Here comes the glory of If you want more glory in your life, would you come and flood this altar right now? Sweeping in the room. Oh, yeah. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Here comes the glory of Lord, sweeping in the room. Yes, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Here comes the glory of the Lord. If you're hungry, come on, press into this place. Press into this altar. Lift your hands and sing. Sweeping in this room. Sweeping. Oh. oh, yeah. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Oh, yes. Come on, just let the Lord speak to you. Close your eyes, lift your hands, search our hearts, sweep. Listen to me. Isaiah's. Sixth chapter, verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He said, and the, the train of his robe filled the temple. Angels were crying around the throne and they were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His the word should have been holy. Because it doesn't read right. Why would you call him holy, 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 and then turn around and say the earth is filled with his glory? Because holiness and glory work simultaneous. The next scripture he says, Woe am I, for I am a man undone. I have unclean lips. 
So the glory of God doesn't bring you up here to make you feel good. The glory of God brings you up to a place to make you search yourself. The first thing the glory of God does is make you recognize, it, it causes you to recognize how far you are from being what God is. He says, who am I? And the angel comes and takes a call and touches his lips because that was the very thing that he said, I, am, I, I have unclean lips. It touches, and then the answer, the question was this. We need somebody to go for us. Whom shall we send? And immediately after the glory of God touches you, you'll throw everything away and say, here, 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 here am I. Send me. You start getting jealous. God, God, don't know. I will be the one. I can't, I can't see you like this and not do something with it. Lift your hands. What is it in you that needs to completely bow before the Lord? If the glory of God is, if I'm accurate with this, when the glory of God shows up, it should make you search. The reason why people don't like worship is it brings you to yourself. It makes you see how far you are from God. A lot of people love to praise, but when it goes to worship, they can't do it because they they, think, I can't do that. I'm not worthy. And God wants to take his coals, wants to touch your life right now. But Isaiah had to confess it. What is it in this Elevate conference that you're saying, God, I, I just don't want to. Please. I know that there's glory in this room and I, I know that I'm undone. I know that I can't go where you are because of who I am. Who I am. And my identity is not wrapped up in what I've done. But there's something on me that I just, I, I got to have you touch. What is it that you want God to touch tonight? Because once he touches it, you'll never look back. Lift your hands if you have something in your heart. You say, God, I want to get rid of some things right now. Ah. Acts 3.19, repentant, so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Repentance and refreshing. It happens just like that. What is it that you got to get rid of? Pastor called out pornography here shortly, a while ago. Is that it? What is it that you got to get rid of? What is it that's keeping you from the glory? Why would you keep it when you see it? It's the very thing that's going to lead you to the greatest season of your life. Lift your hands. Get rid of it right now. Throw it upon God. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord. God's going to put His glory on you right now. Because you're hungry. Not because you're perfect. Because you're hungry. People have misunderstood you. But if they'd known the hell that you went through. Pastor Delana, come here and lay your hands on her. The hell that you've gone through and the stuff that was done to you and the advantage that was taken. God's going to heal you. Even from what happened as a little child, God's going to heal you. Oh, Lord, do a work in this place tonight. The 
glory of God is going to come back on you. Why? Because you're a servant. Because you don't mind serving. And you don't do it for anybody else but Him. A new authority is coming on you. Get ready for it. A new level of authority. It will be so evident. It will be like somebody threw refreshing water in the room. God's going to touch you. And He's going to open your mouth. And you're going to preach like you've never preached before, says the Lord. You said, how is that? How is that? The Lord says, have I not made man's mouth? I will use you like a trumpet. For you're going to carry the spirit of your leader. The spirit of the house. The spirit of the house is on you. You're going to breathe fire. Not just breath, but fire is going to come out of your belly. And you're going to preach. They're going to, you're, going to, you're going to preach. But I've never preached like that. You're going to preach like that. It's going to come on you. Get yourself ready. Get yourself prepared. There's going to be a fire in you. I speak right now. You will not only guard the house, but you will help guide the house. God's going to put a heavy mantle on you. It's for this season. It's for this season. Come on, get your hands up to the... If you're hungry for God, I dare you to go in right now. If you're hungry for God, I dare you to go in right now. If you're hungry for God, I dare you to lose yourself in God right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Young kid right here. Bring him here to me. Bring him here. G gently bring him here. He, he needs to know what's going on. Lift your hands. Do you go to this church? Did you visit from another church? He's with y'all. Y'all? How old are you? 22. I see the word yield all over you. I see this next season of your life because you've yielded and you've said, God, I want to be used. You turned away from some stuff that could have got your attention. I'll be honest with you. I see me and you. Because when I was at your age, I'd have never known I was doing this. And you're going to say the same thing. God's going to loose your tongue. God's going to put a fire in your belly. You will never walk the same again after tonight. 
You do not have to prove yourself to anybody. God says, I will prove you to them. Stay in love with God. Stay walking with Him day and night. God's going to open some doors for you. I just see Jeremiah in my head. And I see the fire of God is getting inside your bones right now. The presence of God is stirring in you. Today, God has marked you and called you out. You're going to go back with a new authority. Don't flaunt it. Let God do what He needs to do. Stay humble. Stay submitted. Stay yielded. Stay yielded. Where you have been misunderstood, you will be misunderstood no more. After tonight, people are going to realize and they're going to recognize that there is a very precious anointing on your life. Don't you give it to any girl. Don't lay your head in the lap of anything. This is a season of consecration for you. I would separate yourself from everything that's taken advantage of you and taken your time. And I would dive in. God's going to break some stuff off of you tonight. What you have struggled with, you will struggle with no longer after tonight. But God says, I am loosing you. And my grace and my mercy are covering every little part of you that has guilt and shame. Where you said, I'm not worthy, God says, oh, yes, you are. The blood of Jesus has called you to a whole nother level. You're not only saved, but God says you've called, you're called to be sanctified. And you're called to be a Levitical anointing. You're going to light the candles in the house of God. Spiritually. I declare right now the fire of God upon you. What is your name? Reuben. Reuben. Jesus. So there's a, I speak that anointing on you right now. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're going to walk with a new level of authority, Reuben. There it is. I need people praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Your generation needs the fire of God on the inside of you. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. We speak fire. Yes, Lord. If you're thankful for His glory, lift your hands. One more time, just lift up your hands. Almost done. I'll be done when God says to be done. Surely, I don't know if you know it. Just hold me in one. Surely, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power. And His grace 
face. I can hear, feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. For surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. God wreck our services. We don't want systematic theology. We want you. I miss this, Lord. And I crave it. Let your glory fill everybody in here. One more time, lift your hands. God, I pray over every single person that their lives will be ever touched by glory. And I speak the glory of God on their life that they will never, ever turn back from the glory. Once they've tasted it, touched it, they'll never be the same in Jesus' name. If you feel it and are thankful for the glory of the Lord, would you give the Lord a great praise in this room? Come on, come on, come on, give the Lord. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Man, that was taking me back. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Can't tell you the times that Sandy and I were raised in services. God just came in and just took over. And glory fell like this. That's, this is what we pray. This is what we've been believing God for. This is, this is what we declared over this conference. I absolutely told God, I don't want preachers. I mean, I love preachers. I know we need preachers. But I don't, I'm not looking for no Name preacher that'll draw a crowd. It's not that. We need we need a prophetic voice to come in here and to speak and flow in whatever direction we need them to speak and flow. To equip us. Because we have declared this is our 28th Elevate Conference. 28 years. This will be unlike any other conference we've ever had. It already has been. This is a launching. This is why he had to get in a car and drive four hours from Grenada, Mississippi at the last minute to be in his presence like this. Because every word that was coming out of the man of God's mouth was hitting you right in your heart, Chris. I saw it. I saw encouragement. I saw renewal. I saw a new anointing on you tonight, Chris. Did you see me staring at you? Did you see me staring at you early? <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at you. Because when I looked at you, I'm not trying to be funny when I'm saying this, but being real. You had all your hair back. It's all the way down to, you, to your shoulders. I had a curl in it. And I saw it. God, let me see. That young man. 
you've just come in and wrecked the house for Jesus in a fire that I, to this day, have rarely ever seen. That I preach the gospel. That I know about the Holy Ghost. That I operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And so does my wife. And so does the man that's got his arm on your shoulder. Because of you. Because of that evangelist. That fire Holy Ghost preacher. He's still in there, Chris. And I saw it tonight. Nothing that waits for you in Grenada, Mississippi. Nothing that is happening at Way of Life. Nothing that's going on with leaders that have crushed your expectations. Nothing can affect what's about to happen in your life. Nothing. <laughs> there is the heaviest anointing of your entire life yet to be walked in. Your entire life. The glory days are not of old. Chris Owens. You're about to walk in. And one of the things that gives you joy. That's reigniting that fire. Is your son. Because when you see your son. You see you. But God said I'm not just showing you your son. To give you joy as a father. To see the, the fulfillment of your prayers over your son. It's to remind you of you. Because you're still in there. You've never seen the miracles you're about to see. You've never seen the glory that you're about to see. I'm thankful that I'm in your life to see it on you. There's not a more humble man, a more faithful man to the cause of the gospel that I've ever known in my life. Like you. What a friend that God sent me. What a man of God you are. Thank you for saying yes. I'm here because you did. This is what I want, God. This is what we want, God. This is what we want. We want your glory. Show us your glory. Church, will you cry out for his glory? One more time tonight, will you just cry out? Will you just make it personal and not corporate and not a response to the voice of a preacher? Will you? Just take a moment. Cry out for His glory on you.
Pastor Frankie, will you come up here? Come up here. Our pastor, my daddy, the grandfather of this house, the father of your father. It goes without saying that I truly, truly would not be who I am today. No, I wouldn't, sir. I hear you, and I believe that you believe. I believe that you believe that I would still somehow God would have found a way. But you need to know that I know. You are the way that God brought into my life. And I'm so thankful for you. I am an arrow in your bow. Pull me out of your quiver. I know it. Further faster. Further faster. Whew.